Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Write that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. The write that down batting average race, gentlemen, the batting title race is getting very interesting. Well, there's there's a couple interesting threads. There's the batting title race between you and I. Yep. Judd. Yep. There's the can Manny get a hit in 2018 race, <laughs> which has been interesting for the last few weeks. And then there's the can Jonathan continue to hit bombs or at least what happens when he predicts bombs. He's hitting he's hitting shots right now. Jonathan is. He's definitely uh it's impressive. swinging for the fences. Just wait for today, boys. And if I got got to hear about his predictions being right one more time in that prep room, I might strangle the young man. Well, let's let's start with Jonathan here on the accountability session. And if you are new to the Mackie and Judd show, first of all, shame on you. You've been missing out on yeah, one of the come on, one of the top ten sports talk shows in town, top fifteen, the last few years. Maybe top ten, uh, top twelve, somewhere there. One, two, three, four. Yeah. How yeah. many are there? Yeah. Top ten. Um, but <laughs> we we, we hold each other accountable for our predictions every single week on the show. Keep track of each other's batting averages. And the accountability session goes like this. Let's start with Jonathan, who predicted two things that came off the board for this week. You said the Wild would get shut out in Miko Koivu's first game back from uh, injury. Mm-hmm. That's wow. a five rip against San Jose. That's nice. Wow. Classic Miko Koivu. Yeah, uh, and then I Jonathan guess. also predicted the Vikings would rush as a team for over 200 yards against the Dolphins. Oh yeah. man, it got close there. Seeing him running and sprinting through the halls when the Vikings <laughs> got over 200 yards, he was the happiest man on Tyler the planet. Tyler Conklin, I am a fan of you forever for for getting you, a false start. Doing... For getting a false start, knocking him back enough yards for Dalvin Cook to run in for the. The what was it, seventeen yard touchdown that put him over two hundred. You were doing play by play on Twitter, and it was awesome of their rushing yardage <laughs> as the game progressed. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yep. Uh, so so for those, we gave you a triple and a home run oh, wow. for those two. There so a triple for the wild prediction because you know I mean they get they were scoring a bunch of goals and batches and then Miko comes back and they get shut out and uh, yep. and a home run for predicting a team goes over two hundred yards rushing unless anyone objects. That's no, nope. that's pretty awesome. No, I think well done. Sweet. Awesome. Yep. Nine total uh, bases right there. Manny had nothing come off the board. So and and let let this be known. <laughs> Judd and I are out next week. 
But I think we should give these guys, if you guys want to do three predictions each next week, because next week will still be in December. Mm-hmm. So this is the final week for, for me and Judd on the radio anyways to make predictions. I don't know if we sneak them in when we're, when we're off next Friday, but... But if you guys, you know, if, if you want to throw some extra predictions out next Friday, it's up to you. You're going to be around for the show. Okay. So nothing came off the board for Manny. He still has a hit pending for 2019 with his Urban Meyer prediction, but so far no hits in 2018. Uh, Judd, you said the Vikings, Packers, and Bears would all finish above 500 this year. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I was drunk that day. You said, well, I'm checking well, into rehab. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> You probably shouldn't tell your boss sitting across the table from me that you were drunk (laughs) on radio. Thought about it that way, but it's true. Rehab, though. (laughs) It's easy out. Can't fire me now. (laughs) Company pays for it. I got problems. Uh, You said Eli Manning will pay for the, uh, will pay for, will play for the Jaguars in uh, 2018. Ah! Something that should have happened but didn't happen. I don't know why that didn't happen. I hate when I've got. I write that down that's absolutely correct and is not fulfilled because people are too dumb to fulfill it. It'll probably be fulfilled next year. It may be fulfilled next um, year. I hope not because I've got another write that down about oh. the quarterback for the Jaguars next year. Well, you said uh, 2018 would be Mike McCarthy's last as Packers head coach. Yeah. And that's great. And and I think the committee is going to give you a double for that just because of longevity. Okay. It's never right. a sure thing that a coach who has a Super Bowl ring and who's been around that long gets fired. So we're going to give you All right. extra bases for that. Uh, I predicted four things came off the board for me. I said the Vikings will still win the division at some point. That the Rams would go at least 14-2. and Because they picked up their third loss. Yeah, the Rams did pick up a third uh-huh. loss. And that the Gophers football team would beat a ranked team this year. Wisconsin was not ranked when the Gophers won the Axe. Correct. So, uh, but I did say that the Browns would win six games or more. Yeah. And I believe I wow. said that after they had a win, so it wasn't a preseason prediction. So instead of a home run, I'm saying a triple. Sure. Yeah. But that's a team that that's won fair. one game the previous two years combined. So uh, with all of that, with, what, 10 days left in the 2018 write that down season, I have a very slim lead on Judd, batting 254 to Judd's 252. Uh, Judd is winning the slugging race between the two of us anyways, 467 to my 463. Manny is still looking for his first hit. Listeners are batting 232, slugging 435. And our guests, which Jonathan is in that category, uh, and Jonathan helping that category have a very high slugging percentage of 558. Uh, the batting average is 250. So guests 250, Mackie 254, Judd 252 on the season. Write it down. You like writing things down. Interesting. So this could be it. What? What's this? Today. Because oh. if we don't come back, if we don't send well, there's predictions a lot of, for next fr- next Friday. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that's still on the board okay. from like Viking season, okay. like so those- Stefan Diggs predictions, stuff like that. Okay, so there, and I'd have to go through and see if it's ten things still to come off the board. But there's there are season right. like football season predictions and stuff. There's there are still things that are going to come off the board when football season ends that count for 2018. But do you predict stuff for this year, for next year? I guess we'll start with Judd and find out. Write it down. You like writing things down. This is like Ted Williams batting 402 on the final day of the season. Like, do you sit? My philosophy will not change. I have, I'm a gutsy write that down predictor. And so I will start with something that will come off the board on Sunday. 
Dalvin Cook will score two touchdowns in Detroit. Wow. Dalvin Cook is going to score two because that's how I am. I don't look I, hope I don't look at the I don't look at the you. I don't look at the opposing pitcher and and fear. I look at the opposing pitcher and say bring it on. <laughs> two touchdowns Dalvin Cook Sunday. Okay. Over to uh, over to me. Write it down. You like writing things down? Write this down. In uh in light of the most recent trade made in baseball where the Los Angeles Dodgers have sent Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig, and Alex Wood to the Cincinnati Reds for Homer Bailey, who I just realized during the last break was awful last year. Like, really, really bad. He's been terrible for like most of his years. career, actually, hasn't he? Yeah. And just qu- quickly, there, there's immediate reports out now that he will be released by the Dodgers after the trade becomes official. So they just dumped a bunch of players. Ken Rosenthal, yeah. first to report the news. And they're, they're getting a couple prospects, a, a first-round guy and a second-round guy from this year and all that stuff. But in light of that trade, the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to sign Bryce Harper. Write that down. Wow. Makes Bryce perfect. Harper Makes, will be a yeah. Los Angeles Dodger. So they're just clearing dudes out, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're trading out, Trading out, two outfielders, yeah. and it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. And so if, if that happens in the next 10 days, it's a hit for Manny, but you'd still get credit after the year. It just kind of mm-hmm. depends on. I'm sure you want you want some sort of a hit for 2018, so you're hoping it do happens. You? I'm, I'm gun, I'm gunning do for you, that. Do you at this point? I mean, I'd almost take pride in the offer. <laughs> yeah, I'd be kind no, of gunning for that offer. I want to get a hit on like the last at bat of the season. That's what I'm. That's what <laughs> I mean. Because he's going to get a hit on the first at bat of you bat of next season. You so. won't be remembered for what one hit in 2018. The offer will be talked about for years to come. It's actually true. Yeah, like we'll talk about you throughout. Write that down in 2019 as the guy that went over 2018. If you're <laughs> one for 2018, it's like yeah, whatever. I'm going to be remembered for getting my first hit. As the start of next season is probably what it's going to be. You are a National League pitcher <laughs> playing. Write that down. Write this down. All right, Jonathan. All right, boys. In light of my prediction of the rushing total last week, I'm going to up this one. The Lions have given up 400 yards four times this season, while the Vikings' offense has gained over 400 yards off of offense six times this seeding season, including including 418 yards last week. The Vikings will gain over 400 yards of offense this Sunday in Detroit. Okay. Mm. So, not quite the home run prediction no. from, from previous weeks. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. Uh, what was your first prediction again, Judd? Dalvin Cook, two touchdowns on Sunday. Okay, write this down. Write this down. Dalvin Cook will not score two touchdowns against the Lions on Sunday. <laughs> you know, this lazy BS, write this down, negative disorgan, very upsetting. It's write it down. You season. like writing things down? All right. You guys are a bunch of bleep. Back to Judd. Oh, I got to go again? I'm... Okay, hold on a second. Yeah, collect yourself. Hold on, I'm just. I'm hey, so, this is cutthroat. I'm so okay, ups- I'm so upset. <laughs> I lost the batting title race. To, I think it was to you at the very end last year. Yeah, it's I'm, not going to happen this time. No, I no no no. I think two, I put in a year, year of work. Okay, I'm not going to no, blow wait. it in the last week. Two years ago, I beat you. I thought you beat me last year, or maybe Dave won last year. Oh, that's what it was. Dave might have won last year. It wasn't me. Yeah. All right, my second write okay, that down. Sh- okay, Shaggy. My my second write that down. <laughs> We'll extend into the uh, 2019 National Football League playoffs for the 2018 season. The Kansas City Chiefs will not make the AFC Championship game. Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs will not. They will find a way to basically, I think, lose their first playoff game because I, I, they're going to get a bye, I believe, but they will not make the AFC Championship game. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Over to uh, Manny Hill. 
Uh, sticking with the theme of making predictions, since uh, the three of you have all made predictions on Sunday's Vikings-Lions game, I'll join in on the fun as well. Uh, Vikings will win on Sunday, and they will win by at least two touchdowns. Okay. So, Ooh, that down. so you're with me. Okay. Yeah. They'll win by two touchdowns. Really yeah. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Jonathan. One more for Sunday's game. The Lions have given up 14 sacks since the last meeting between the two between the Vikings and the Lions. Uh, when the Vikings piled up 10 of them. The Vikings just sacked Tannehill nine times last week. The Vikings defense will have another big day and get more than six sacks this Sunday. So so seven sacks or more. Yes. Seven sacks or more. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll have sacked Matt Stafford like 17 times or more this <laughs> yes. season if that happens. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this right. down. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, we'll talk about this a little bit later on to the, the uh, Cam Jordan audio, if people haven't heard it yet. And he gave Philip Rivers some love. I'm going to give Philip Rivers some love here. This is a 2019 prediction. Philip Rivers will play in the Super Bowl, this upcoming Super Bowl. Okay. The San Diego Chargers will be the AFC representative. Well, the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers of Carson. Right. Will be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. All right. It's a free one for you there, Judd, if you want to go counter. No, I don't. No, no, no. That's not who I am. I don't do that. That's a that's a predictable sort of lazy way to look at it. I come here with my own predictions, all written down today by at least three p.m. <laughs> my third one, my third one, harkening back to uh, to a conversation that we had in the three o'clock hour regarding the Vikings and potential roster moves this off season, uh, in which they're going to try to free up salary cap space. The Vikings will cut Trey Wayne's this off season rather than pay him nine million plus next season on his fifth year option. Interesting. Trey okay. Wayne's will be a salary cap casualty of the mm. Vikings in March. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. To Manny. Uh, Ian Rappaport earlier this week reported that the uh, Baltimore Ravens may uh, cut ties with Joe Flacco after this season. They're going to move forward with Lamar Jackson. And they're going to explore trade or maybe just flat out release Flacco. Joe Flacco, write this down. Next year will be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh my God! Write that down. <laughs> I love it. For what? For what purpose is the? Write qu- I, I don't. Did I not? Because <laughs> they're the Jaguars. No. It's the Jaguars. Man. Uh, okay. Back to John. Actually, Jonathan tipped some... me off to this prediction uh, off the air earlier yeah. today. I, he was he was salivating over the potential yes. of this. So go ahead. All right. So I've I've emailed this to all three of you guys. I've just emailed you the list of the last or of the remaining twenty-four bowl games for the calendar year. I've emailed you the winners of each of those twenty-four games, and the stipulation is I can only get two wrong. Wait, so 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 you have twenty-four bowl game predictions? Yes, and you have to get twenty-two out of twenty-four, yes, at least to win this point, yep. which would be a home run, by the way. It's got to be. It's got to be more, right? Well, it's, a home run is the only thing that I we think could, it's got to be a grand gotta, slam or something. Like, we don't have ma- we don't ha- like we don't we have a grand slam the, category. We got up the, we, well. This will be the first. We got to get a new one. New this, category. This is if he pulls this off. This is Fernando Tatis hitting two grand slams in one inning. That's what this, this is. is. <laughs> this is Evo Knievel over the Grand Canyon. Is what this is. What's the? We should almost have a punishment for it. Yeah, and if you and if you lose, you. you <laughs> You get uh, Jonathan I don't know. Harrison has passed. You have to spend a weekend with Judd or <laughs> we, something. We lost Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you spend a weekend with yeah. Judd at Bunnies. That doesn't sound awful. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I don't even know how to follow that. Like that's <laughs> we should have ended with that prediction. I've got a couple just like boring. <laughs> so I have. Up the ending, I have. Some, oh my gosh. <laughs> I have some some boring Respond. ones. Respond. All right, all right. You're all a right. wrestling fan. You know what? I should. Uh, God. <laughs> Do something irresponsible and stupid. Peer It'll be great fun. Sucks. You know what? I will. I'm going to go with a wrestling prediction here. Okay. There's some there's some rumors floating out there about what may or may not happen at WrestleMania. All right, you guys are going to think this is dumb, but the WrestleMania main event in April. So what? Five, four or five months from now. Mm-hmm. Will the first ever female. Main event at Ooh. WrestleMania. They're going to put... I, they haven't planned this or anything yet, but Ronda Rousey will main event WrestleMania. Wow. You wanted a wrestling like prediction? It. There's wow. your wrestling prediction. Write it down. You All like right. writing things down. Yep. And there's rumors that finally the, the, the WrestleMania will come to the Twin Cities here maybe for 2020 if, unless... If the Vikings can keep their mouth shut, right. maybe it will. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So uh, we have... Uh, the, the football hour is coming up in about 45 minutes. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels, but... Uh, because because we're winding down the calendar year here, and uh, we all have different vacations and, and different schedules for next week. Let's look back on 2018 here. I know Judd has put together, is it 10, the best stories, Local, Minnesota yes. sports yep. in 2018. We'll start that when we come back, but uh, every week around this time, I sit down with Dale Tondrick from Tondrick Wealth Management, and we talk about retirement planning. We talk about financial planning and making sure that you're set up and safe and secure for your future. We call it the Friday Financial Playbook. All right, it's Mackie here with Dale Tondrick from Tondrick Wealth Management. Now, Dale, when we think about retirement, it can be tempting to focus on how our portfolio is doing. But you say you also need to be planning for a rainy day. What do you mean when you say that? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. The car breaks down right before a road trip to see the grandkids. This happened to me. My furnace went out when I was going up to visit the family for holidays. Those unexpected twists that life tends to throw our way. All right, so if we can't get rid of the unexpected twists, how do we protect against them? It's simple, really. You need to build an emergency fund cash on hand that's easily accessible pretty much going to stick it into the bank three to six months of living expenses is a great target to shoot for all right let me ask on behalf of baby boomers specifically are baby boomers doing a good job in this area or no well phil you know that there's ten thousand baby boomers retiring per day right now and according to a report that was in usa today 70 percent of older workers have less than five thousand dollars in emergency savings remember this is just one aspect of your overall retirement plan If you want help repositioning your assets in the future, come see me. A successful retirement begins with a solid plan, one that even takes into account those rainy days. For help with your comprehensive retirement plan, call Dale Tondrick today. Sit down with him and the rest of his team to plan the retirement you deserve. Now, you'd never go into a big game without a playbook, so don't go into retirement without one either. Tune into Dale's show, The Retirement Playbook, tomorrow at noon on 1500 ESPN. You can call Tondrick Wealth Management today at 9 552-401-1671 to schedule a 45-minute review of your financial portfolio with Dale and receive your own customized retirement playbook. That's 952-401-1671 or visit myinvestingcoach.com. The Retirement Playbook tomorrow at noon on 1500 ESPN, 952-401-1671. Again, that's 952-401-1671. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh. It's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd. 
1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic. It's brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs, five Twin Cities locations. And you can find them online at luckys13pubs.com, 494 westbound. Got a crash near Edina between uh, east and west Bush Lake Roads, and it's causing an 11-minute delay. So be careful over there. Thank you, Manny. Football hour in about 40 minutes or so, but... Uh, Judd, you've, I'm just, I'm going to throw it to you and then we can just kind of go up, go down your list and react to some of this stuff. It's fun to reflect back on the calendar year and Minnesota sports had no shortage of stories and changes and mostly lows, but some highs specifically like 11 months ago at us bank stadium. There's a pretty awesome high that will live on for a long time. Absolutely. But, uh, did you rank these or did you say, okay, I ranked them. Let's then let's, let's, should we count down from 10 to one? Yes, exactly. Yes. Cool. Uh, and, and the first one off my list, it was on, and I took it off. Molitor being fired. Oh, that's not one of the ten. It didn't make my ten. Woof. It didn't uh. make my ten. There was one. There was one twins thing that did, or two actually at least, but that did not. Number ten on my list: the Timberwolves' first playoff appearance since two thousand four, yeah. making it back to the playoffs after what thirteen years out. Yeah, mm-hmm. is number ten. Because it's been so damn long since we saw any semblance of playoff basketball at Target yeah. Center. Yeah, and it felt so dirty and weird and conflicting down the stretch where the, the, the team was miserable and you could their stories were coming out about Jimmy Butler and Wiggins and Towns. But I feel like everyone put those negative feelings aside for that last game against the Nuggets. Which where was it a was, fun game. Yep, mm-hmm. win, winner take the eighth seed. Yep. And the game was back and forth. It was a playoff vibe. Didn't they bring newspaper or rolled up program guy back too? They like they brought people back to Target Center that hadn't yeah. been there in a long time. So we all put aside the the animosity toward Tom Thibodeau and, and game three, the roster. They won. Game, yeah. Game three. I mean, Played great. They won a game. Yeah. So it it was not a great accomplishment, but. Number 10 on my list, the Wolves' first playoff appearance since 2004, which ended in five games against Houston. Yeah, it wasn't a great accomplishment relative to the rest of the NBA, but for this franchise, it, was it actually was a great accomplishment. accomplishment. Yes, yes. yes. Number nine on, on my list, and this is just a personal preference thing, Chuck Fletcher being fired as Wild GM after six consecutive playoff appearances because it allows this team now to hit the reset button. So Chuck Fletcher, he signed Parisi, he signed... Suter. He made lots of trades in an effort to win a Stanley Cup. He didn't come close and was fired. And uh, Paul Fenton was hired in May. And this team is now going to have to enter a period of, uh, let's just say, probably not make the playoffs for 2018 yeah. 19. Yeah, it was sort of the, it was the end of a very high stakes poker game for Chuck Fletcher that he got to sit at the table for a very long time. And he, he played in that high stakes poker game. But it was. They had held some coaches accountable, but you know, like the Mike Mike Yo was held accountable. Um, well, mostly just Mike Yo, I guess. But it's the first time that someone higher up was held accountable. Yes, and it might signify the end of an era, just depending on what they do here, trade deadline, and going into next off season. But the end of an era really isn't going to happen until Parisi and Suter are gone, and that's, well, that's not going to be for ten years. So thirteen year contracts. Yeah. Number eight on my list, our friend. Lindsey Whalen being hired and transitioning from being a star player on the Lynx championship teams to Gopher women's basketball coach. Yeah. Was a great story, which, by the way, was thrown out originally as an idea, if I'm not mistaken, by our guy Patrick Royce, who I think tweeted not in jest, but certainly not expecting it. And uh, so that is number eight on my list. Yeah. Lindsey Whalen. I didn't, because uh, she was headed down the media path there and she had 
she had agreed to do the weekly, mostly Timberwolves-centric appearances with us, where she was doing FSN. And she's and, great at that. Yeah, and I, I think if she would have taken that route, and maybe she will at some point, but if she, if, if she enjoys doing this and she is as good at this as we think, then she won't be getting into media for about 40 years. <laughs> Which is absolutely fine, but yeah. So that is eight. Number seven on my list, also Gopher Sports-related. Not too hard here. Gophers beat the Badgers for the first time since 2003. And if I'm not mistaken, beat the Badgers in Madison for the first time since 1994 in football to get the axe back. So, not to not to go ranking within a ranking here, but I guess I'm going to go ranking within a ranking. If you were to rank Gopher sports moments the last, since 2000, in, in this century, mm-hmm. that's probably <laughs> a top three moment, isn't it? Probably the, is, Them yeah. winning the axe yeah, for the first time in 15 years? Would there be I mean, any basketball in there? I mean, like you could say, okay, go for go for I mean, baseball making it to a super yeah, regional no. is cool. Go but for, go for is beating Wisconsin to win the that's that would be high because go for basketball right. their their peak moments are mostly just winning an NCAA tournament game once in a while. They made well football. They made a January bowl game for the first time in since the eighties. Yeah, but it was like the Citrus Bowl. So that's like such a. The January 1st bowl game, and the fact so that arbitrary. the Citrus Bowl is yeah, on January yeah. 1st is because they play other better games later, you know? And I'm really reaching, by the way. <laughs> I think Phil's right. I think it's top three. Yeah. You, beat, you beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin for, for the first time since 1994. It's top three. It is, which is a sad indictment on the state of Gopher but Athletics. But It's only number seven on my list. All right, so you guys are going to laugh. And I put this on purely for my own amusement. Number six, the Twins one, changing the Metropolitan Club to Bat and Barrel. <laughs> really? Really? Did we really have to do that to me? Did we really have to do that? Bat and Barrel. This is going to be the last thing well. I say about this place in 2018, and I know it did well, or I think it did well, whatever. But come on. Metropolitan Club was perfect. Met Stadium, an ode to Met Stadium. Uh, you know what? An ode I, to your when, former ball, Bat and Barrel. When you first brought this up, I thought you were just being ridiculous. But now that my radar is is tuned into all these new restaurant names, everything is blank and blank. Exactly. Blank and blank. Something clever with something clever. Yes. So I Could I don't you know. get more precious than that too? Bat and barrel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go to bat and barrel and get a drink. Why not handle? Is it the alliteration? Bat and barrel? Like what there's no love for the knob of the bat? No, that's why, yeah. Yeah, yeah because it's bat and barrel. <laughs> Metropolitan Club was fine. So you're hold on. So let's let's pause your list. So I put that six. So way too high. But what the so hell? So Judd's top ten ranked sports moments of 2018 Minnesota sports moments. Ten through six. Wolves making the playoffs. Number ten. Yep. Number nine. Chuck Fletcher. See you later. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Lindsey Whalen transitioning from all time great professional point guard to coach of the Gopher women's basketball team. Number seven. Gophers winning the Axe for the first time in Wisconsin since the early 1990s. And uh, number six, the Twins coining uh, Bat and Barrel as their new... Bat and, let's go to Bat and Barrel, Phil. Their new uh, Metropolitan Club. It'll be location. great. Let's get to you your top... Pay. Oh, my God. Let's get to your top five when we come back. And also, uh, the Football Hour with Matthew Collar and Sage Rosen. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN.
Mackie and Judd, and uh, and Judd has put together a list of the ten, not necessarily good or bad, but just moments. Sort of talkers. The ten most notable Minnesota sports moments of 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll run through here the the. 10 through 6, and then you pick it up at 5. Okay. And uh, and we'll continue your list here. Number 10, well, your honorable mention was Molitor getting fired. If that tells you how many other things. Now, you did you did put Bat and Barrel, bat and barrel in one, yeah. your list and omitted <laughs> Molitor getting Completely fired. Completely self-serving on yeah. my part, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, you have the Wolves making the playoffs for the first time in a decade and a half. You, uh, number 10. Number 9, you've got Chuck Fletcher ousted as Wild General Manager. Number eight, Lindsey Whalen transitioning from point guard of, of of a championship basketball team multiple times over to the head coach of the Gopher women. Number seven, Gophers winning the Axe for the first time since 2003 overall and the first time since 93, 94? 94, yeah. 94. In Wisconsin. And uh, Batten Barrel taking over as the bar of choice inside Target Field as number six on your list. That's not vindictive at all or petty. <laughs> As you said, every <laughs> restaurant downtown doesn't have to have two precious names. It's driving me nuts. No, seriously, it's driving me crazy. Yeah. I mean, stable. I mean, you got you got Herbex, the crew. I love all those names. Like, let's pick a Twins great. Let's pick something. Bat and Barrel. I mean, that's the most generic all right, thing of all time. What's number five? That's the most generic name of all time. What's number five? Number five. <clears throat> the Super Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium, which was great fun. And I went to that game. For the first time in my in my life, I got to cover a Super Bowl. And I thought, you know what? This is going to be commercialized. It's going to be a lot of um, a lot of corporate types, not fans. I was a thousand percent wrong. Yeah, people that, save up. That entire week was fun. That game was fun. Yeah. The crowd was fun. Yeah. People's all pe- our pe- stuff was fun. People save up. And uh, it, it would have been obviously so much more fun and number one on your list if the Vikings had played yes. in a home Super Bowl. And it's not many teams, if any, have gotten as close as the Vikings did. But the, and we're biased because we're from here, and obviously we're rooting for our hometown to put on a great event. But they really did. Mm-hmm. The the only complaint is if you're not from a northern climate city, you're you were shocked that it was sort of cold and that there's snow coming from the sky a couple days during that week. But overall, the festivities were awesome. The game was one of the most memorable Super Bowls in history. The crowds was great. Yes. That was a fun event. Yep. Totally agree. So that is number five. Number four on my list, the Vikings. I I combined two things here. But anyway, the Vikings playoff win against the Saints and and then subsequent loss the next week to Philadelphia. Uh, But the playoff win against the Saints is one of the spectacular, most spectacular, fun, weird, all those things, conclusions to a game. But that game and that that week or two weeks was really fun. So is that the Minneapolis miracle? Yes. Okay. The we're, Minneapolis we're miracle, okay. and then but that whole thing. And if you think about just weird, bizarre type of things, that's up there. So that is uh, number four on my list. Yeah, that's and again, like obviously that moment in that game gets magnified if the Vikings go on to win the Super Bowl. But the immaculate reception. That Franco Harris play from the 1970s, I believe they went on to lose the next game. I think they lost to the Dolphins in the AFC Championship game, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And then it was the next year that the Steelers launched into their dynastic ways, or at least they they picked it up again. They, they won a and Super Bowl. I, I still, to my dying day, will always wonder, what was the Saints' safety doing? Yeah, this is, Williams. this is amazing. That poor kid. 
Yeah. He flew by Diggs. Like, he literally flew by him. Yeah. He could have been standing 20 yards further back, and it would have been... It would have been, but the the most amazing part of that play mm-hmm. isn't necessarily what was the defender doing, which which is amazing and mind boggling. It's <laughs> yes, Stefan Diggs. You'd think your instinct would be run out of bounds, catch it, get out of bounds, and stop the clock and set up a field goal. And he, for some reason, he, he either calculated the fact that the only defender behind him whiffed, and now there's no one behind him, or he just gathered his senses and and everything was was slow like neo in the matrix and he was sort of like he was able to process it within a second or two and then run because all of us were screaming get out of bounds get out of bounds yep mm-hmm. and it was at first it was oh my god what are you doing you moron don't run you're going to run out the clock wait there's no defenders what this the, doesn't make sense the only weird thing was being at that game up in the press box, and the play was essentially right below us, you could see that there was nobody left there. Right. And watching on TV, you didn't know. Right. You figured, oh, there's got to be. What are you doing? There's right. a defender. Had to been somebody there. Well, the defender <laughs> just flew by him. I mean, that yeah. kid flew by him. Yeah. How much time was on the clock when he caught the ball? Was it less uh, than five I'd seconds? Up, I'd have to bring up the play. I think it was less than I five seconds. Remember. I just remember looking down, he caught the ball, and I thought, oh, my God, there's nothing but turf. Yeah. Um, okay. To your top three. I'm actually okay. shocked that that's not... How, how is the Minneapolis Miracle not in your top three? I guess we'll have to find out here. Unless you have three more bat and barrel level ones in your top three. There's only price left. Well, five actually, seconds no. when he caught the ball. Yep. How, much, how many? How five seconds. seconds. Okay, okay, so five seconds. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. okay, there's mostly price left. I should clarify. Number three on my list. Number three of the Zolgad top ten favorite uh, Minnesota sports stories and talkers of 2018. Joe Maurer's last game, coming out in catching gear. Nothing lends itself to making the uh, the adult male cry like baseball at its greatest, and that was fantastic. That was one of yeah. the you knew that whole day was special, and and if he hadn't done that, that day w- would have been special. But when he came out in catching gear. You got shivers. It was fantastic. Yep, that's and kudos uh, to everybody involved because you did it perfect. Yeah, and, and I don't know. It, it could have been weird. It could have been. I like how the was it the White Sox? Who was the opposing team? The yes. White Sox. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the White Sox. Mercado took were, the pitch. We're apparently cool with it. Yep. And and then the the Twins did a really good job too of documenting everything behind the scenes and then later playing some of that yes. at his retirement press conference. So the Twins have a pretty good track record of. Turning events into they they don't mess up big events. They didn't mess up the All Star game. They 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 do a pretty good job, and uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, that's okay. Tough to argue that one in the top three. That is number three. Number two, and th- this is probably because I enjoy controversy more than uh, great finishes to games. Number two on my list, the three year, eighty four million dollar contract given to Kirk Cousins. Really, you're putting that ahead of the Minneapolis Miracle, huh? No, yeah. I mean you can okay. debate it for sure. But just the the talkability and and the storyline of that contract that unfolded that day continued to unfold and and will now continue to be talked about for two years hence. To me, it's it's the second one. If the Vikings had won the Super Bowl, yep. Well, that would be number one. Well, but like, one but like, would the Minneapolis Miracle then be ahead of the Kirk? Yeah, Cousins? probably. Yeah. I mean, then, but the Kirk Cousins kind of doesn't. But does happen it happen if they then? The yeah. Bowl, so. I was going to say. Right. If, right. So if my the Vikings, logic is flawed. If the Vikings win the Super Bowl, does Keenum stay here? Then probably is you my have guess. To, yeah. Yeah. You then, can't then, you, then you get trapped into a Joe Flacco contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so our 
Here's a poll question. Are you happy they didn't win the Super Bowl so you didn't get trapped into the Joe Flacco contract for Keenum? <laughs> or do you hate Cousins sure so that. much that you're upset they didn't keep Keenum because you could have signed more guys if you had kept Keenum? All right, and the number one Minnesota sports moment, according to Judd, from, from 2018. Okay, don't forget that I took this as as favorite stories and talkers, okay? Without a doubt, the gift that kept on giving and kept on giving and to this day even is giving us things to talk about the Jimmy Butler saga yeah. with Tibbs. So this is not so to be clear there are great moments on this list but it's not necessarily just just the finest moments it's also what gave us fodder and the Jimmy Butler thing and how that was mishandled from day 1 by the Wolves and by Tibbs for sure and Butler going to practice you bleeping can't win without me. All of those things That's make a, it number one on my list. Yeah, that was I mean, it, it, national headlines. If you, if you go yeah. up and down this list, this is a this is a pretty complete list, by the way. And obviously, like if you you went with the tongue and cheek bat and barrel, but let's say you put the Paul Molitor yeah. getting fire thing in here. Things on this list that made national headlines or were national talkers for at least some amount of time. Wolves making the playoffs for sure, just because they played on national TV a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Chuck Fletcher thing probably wasn't super national. It wasn't Canada. I'm sure it was a Canada story. Whaling a little the bit. Whaling thing for sure. Yep. Gophers winning the axe would have been more of a national story if the Badgers were better. Uh, but for sure, like the top five Super Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium, mm-hmm. very national. Minneapolis Miracle, very national. Joe Mauer retiring, catcher gear, very national for at least a day, even though it was football season. The Cousins contract, very national. Just a lot of, more than half the things on this list, probably seven of them, were also very much national stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Butler thing, though, was great. I mean, where else, in, in our little town here, where else do you get a story where the guy won't practice, finally goes to practice, throws um, bleep bombs at the GM, <laughs> at the coach, and then turns around, leaves practice, and goes home, where ESPN is waiting for an exclusive sit-down. Uh, he sat down with Kevin Garnett too. Has I don't know if that thing has aired yet. Has it? Uh, was that it, on last night? I think it might have. Really? It might have aired last night. Yeah. He there was a, someone. Jimmy Butler sent out a picture of himself with Kevin Garnett, and they were sitting down doing some sort of a face to face. Okay. But I, I saw it on Instagram, but I didn't. I didn't see the entire the entire thing. Let's maybe check if I don't know if that's available during during the break. Either way, it's that something could be we should. Fun. Yeah. Uh, the football hour is coming up. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. And Toyotathon is on right now on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard at Luther Brookdale Toyota, where my family and I have been going for a very long time. Uh, when you stop in, be sure to uh, walk into the Luther Lounge, which is just a, I mean, you could call it a waiting area, I guess, but that wouldn't be doing it justice, especially compared to the old waiting area at Toyota City, which is where I remember going when I first uh, started driving. Where I mean, they would even be the first to tell you. There was like three seats, a vending machine, and a box TV, and a couple magazines or something. And now it's this spacious, sprawling area with two massive 70-inch flat-screen TVs. You've got complimentary snacks and tea and coffee and a play area for the kids. And you also have six workstations, all with cable TVs in them as well. So it's just, sometimes I'll go get an oil change and they'll tap me after like an hour and a half and say, dude, your car's been done for 45 minutes. You can go home now. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. Great peace of mind for you and your family. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. 
Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. All right, a quick check on traffic here, and it's brought to you by Lucky's 13. Find them online at Lucky's13pub.com, five Twin Cities locations. Uh, 94 westbound, we've got a crash near Oakdale, uh, near Radio Drive, and uh, it's causing a 10-minute delay. So uh, if you're headed uh, westbound to 94, trying to go in to the Twin Cities uh, from uh, from Wisconsin and that, uh, that side of the uh, state, be careful. Things are slowing down just a little bit, yeah. gentlemen. Thank you, Manny. I want to play this clip from, from Cam Jordan. Do you guys do this in the 3 o'clock hour at all? We have not. So Cam Jordan was, do we even know which reporter he was talking to? Because it was just, the camera was just focused on Cam Jordan. And uh, and someone asked him just one of those classic questions. He's at his locker and he's sitting down and it's a little media scrum, a little half school around him. And uh, hey, you guys got the Steelers coming up, and you know what's it like? You got you got a guy coming in in Big Ben, and and he mentioned in that same breath, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterback. And Cam Jordan goes, "Wait, what? Wait, is that what is that what you guys is that what everyone thinks?" Which is totally not what you hear on camera. Public media scrum from a big name player, especially, right, would never take that kind of a shot at Ben Roethlisberger or another big time player. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is what Cam, we'll just play the clip here. This is Cam Jordan with in a moment of honesty. This offense do well. We know they run it well. We know they got a couple of thousand yard receivers. They've got a quarterback who might be going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to sack twenty. Is that times. true? Roethlisberger? Yeah. So really, what did this offense do well in this era? You put them at top five of this era. A couple Super Bowls. Is, probably gonna is that a yes or no? Yes. You put so you have who do you be your top five? <laughs> Drew. Drew. Tom. Tom. A. A. Ron. Hey, Aaron, who got less Super Bowls than Roethlisberger, but let's keep going. Roethlisberger doesn't have decent numbers. Peyton. Peyton who? Manny. He's not. I didn't even count him in the this era. Is, this is the era. He, he retired two years ago. I'd honestly put Eli before I put Ben, but okay. What? Two Super Bowls. If we're going by his numbers. Except, except, except exactly. Except Eli washed. Those are the, I hear you. I hear you. So, two things. A, thank you, Cam Jordan. Just whether you agree or disagree with him. Thank you for just being engaged and interesting yes. in front of a microphone, right? And asking, que- and asking questions back. Yeah, well, it's, it's a like great having a exchange. discussion. It's, it's a, it sounds like two sports fans. It is. It's just like a sports radio segment or something. Uh, B, do you guys agree or disagree? Do you think Ben Roethlisberger, so I think common opinion is Ben Roethlisberger is a surefire Hall of Famer, right? And Ken Jordan's yeah. like, I don't know, man. Well, Eli is not above Ben. Like there's no that, way that's I, where I, I probably disagree. Yeah. I can't do that. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with Cam Jordan on that. Yeah. yeah. But what well, I Rogers, Brady, Breeze. Well, what's this era? Let the from let's say from 2000 until so this 20 year. I think Peyton has to be. I think that's Peyton's very. In that I chunk. think that's Absolutely. very fair. I think that's very fair. Now, now here's the here's my question. I, I guess too. Where does your guy factor in to to this discussion, Rivers? I love Philip Rivers because, I do too. but I mean, there's no championships there, and he's play. He played in San Diego, and, and now, despite the fact that he's playing in Los Angeles, it's a nondescript franchise situation. He's the modern Dan Marino, really. When, but right, but he's been, but he is, he's not been ignored, but he's easy to overlook because that franchise has, for the most part, been really, really poorly ran for as long as he's been the starting quarterback there. And I mean, pro- they've had some good years, but. 
they've overall like ownership, GMs, coaching, all of that stuff has been really poorly ran. And plus, San Diego was, you know, it's a nice, it's it's not really a top of my franchise. No, and it and so just so to, he's probably he's he's probably being unfairly ignored in, in this discussion. Just to put it into context, let me just go through a couple different things here. For so, well, two things again. Brady, Rogers, Peyton, and Breeze are hands down for me above Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about 2000 through 2018, so from that perspective, Cam Jordan saying top five, top five. Well, the only slot open here is is this number five slot because those first four are taken. So if you want to hold a debate for that number five spot, Ben Roethlisberger is definitely in that conversation, depending on what you want to do with Brett Favre. But I think Brett Favre, most of his accolades came yes. in the 90s, mm-hmm. and then he popped up a couple times in the 2000s. I would take him out. Um, I think I would still put Ben Roethlisberger in that fifth spot. But he, but Cam Jordan's making me think. Now, Philip Rivers, Let's sometimes we put too much value on championships. Joe Flacco has a championship. He's not better than Philip Rivers right. or Dan Marino. Uh, Jim Plunkett has two Super Bowl rings. Trent Dilfer has a well, Super Bowl don't, ring. Don't you Jeff say bad things. won a Super Bowl with right. the New York Don't Giants. you say bad things about Jim Plunkett. <laughs> Sorry. The big Jim Plunkett fan of this uh, Jim Plunkett Stanford's stand. finest. But, okay, career yardage. Phillip Rivers is eighth all-time. Ben Roethlisberger sixth all-time. And they're only like a 1,000 yards apart. Uh, the other guys right around them on that list are Eli Manning, Dan Marino, Tom Brady is well above them, but a couple spots above on the ranking list. How about all-time career passer rating, which is, you know, if you're comparing today to 20 or 30 years ago, it's tough. But if you're just looking from the year 2000 until 2018, that's a pretty fair window of time. Philip Rivers, 8th. Ben Roethlisberger, 11th. Mm-hmm. So if you were to put Philip Rivers on the Pittsburgh Steelers for all those that's years, what I was say. he'd for sure have at least one or two Super Bowl rings. I think if, if they some if they get one this year, if the Chargers go on and carry this forward and win the Super Bowl, yes, and he has one and Ben Roethlisberger has two, well, Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer then for me, and I think I might put him above Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's better than Ben Roethlisberger. If you exchanged franchises for both of those guys, if you traded them for their entire careers, the perceptions are completely different. Yes. Roethlisberger's a nice player, but I'm telling you, San Diego is a nondescript market, and and that team gets lost. They play a lot of three o'clock games in in their time zone or or in this time yep. zone. If you look at how if you look at what they do, it's basically easy to to lose track of them. Roethlisberger would be a hell of a quarterback in w- with the Chargers, but if you exchanged them, the discussion would be completely different. And here's the other thing, too, oh, gentlemen. Yeah, on Ben Roethlisberger, and yes, he's won two Super Bowls and he's played in three of them. You look at his numbers in these Super Bowls, they're not great. Especially the first one he played in, yeah. where the Steelers were basically carried by the running game with Willie Parker and Jerome oh, yeah. Bettis, and that defense was fantastic. They managed him. Yeah. In that Super Bowl, the first one when they beat Seattle, he was 9 for 21 yep. for 123 yards and two picks. Wow. Okay. Ugh. That's a great discussion, though. Good for Cam Jordan. That's really awesome. Um, here, just to keep going on this path, Philip Rivers has a worse one loss record because of a couple really bad years, 2015, 16, where they were four and 12 and five and 11. Otherwise it's mostly above 500 and some good years. Mm-hmm. You know, that Roethlisberger has never, because the team around him has never been bad and he's always had great coaches, either Bill Cower or Mike Tomlin. He hasn't had those shipwreck seasons that Philip Rivers had a couple times. 
but Philip Rivers has more touchdowns, higher career passer rating, higher career percentage of completions narrowly. Um, yeah, and now in fairness, Philip Rivers also has played in warmer climates and maybe a more offensive friendly division where there's just more shootouts. You're not you don't get many shootouts between the Ravens and the Steelers, right? Or the Browns and the Steelers, right? Right. But uh, yeah, Cam Jordan. So the five are. Think, the five are Rodgers, Brady, Peyton, Peyton. And then uh, that fifth spot's up for debate. You could I put would, Russell Wilson in there at some point, too. He's, still, yeah, he's not that old. Put, I, I would yeah. probably put Rivers in in that top five over Ben. I honestly probably would. It seems like a hot take, but it's not when you start it's, looking up and really down. It's really not that hot of a take. Especially if you were putting Dan Marino in, in certain bins. I want players. This is great. I want players to do this more. Challenge it more. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. it's a very civil discussion. It's a great discussion. Yeah. Has anyone, have we gotten the obligatory Ben Roethlisberger follow-up where he just kind of blows it off? Or is Ben going to engage in that debate too? Well, if you look at my numbers compared to That'd Eli's. He's like, I'm really not that good. The Eli thing was a little, that was weird. Does anyone really think Eli Manning is better than Ben Roethlisberger? No. Come on now. No. No one except for Cam Jordan and maybe Eli Manning. <laughs> I don't even know if Eli Manning no, would Eli say doesn't. that. <laughs> Eli's smart. No. Peyton certainly would agree that Ben Roethlisberger is better than Eli. Uh, the football hour is coming up next. We'll get Matthew Collar in here, and uh, I think we know what he's been doing all day. Like he's pro- Has anyone checked on him, or is he just glued to the, to the Blue Field Bowl game? The been two Idaho bowl potato. games, too. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure he hasn't missed a snap. Mm -hmm. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the College Football Playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.